on this episode of Japan 2.0. Hey out there, this is Tokyo's very own number one pirate power station, Jet Set Radio! Two, 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 point, 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 point. Oh, oh. Hello. Oh, <laughs> Jinx. I have done that any better. This is Japan 2.0, your favorite podcast about all the minutia of Japan. Uh, we got lots of topics out there, like about convenience stores, oh, delivery yeah. companies in Japan. Yeah, museums, all sorts That's of things, right? right? Yeah. No, one else, no one else does it. We cover like the gambit. The gambit. And uh, here we're doing one. I've heard podcasts about this before, but these are particularly video game podcasts. Uh, we try to look at games occasionally. We look at all types of art uh, from, you know, uh, fashion. We look at movies, music, um, and games. And try to kind of see, like, what does it capture? What kind of spirit of Japan does it capture? Yeah, yeah. More of a cu- cultural uh, look at, yeah, or analysis of um, a subject or a video game or a movie or, you know, things that have made us the, the people that we are today and the people That's, you know, you've come to know and love here at Japan 2.0. I would say I would not be the same person if it wasn't for this game today. It's no, pretty, this... Pretty big statement. I don't know how it would be different. It would be, it'd be a very nuanced, small difference, but I think part of the reason I like fashion is actually, and like DJ culture is because of this game. Yeah, I would say that um, this game has really had an impact, a profound impact, and really solidified a lot of the things that I already knew about Japan and now have you know become my favorite aspects of Japanese culture and mm. yeah, like young people culture and fashion and yeah music and and all those things. I'd be curious to talk with you about how many of the things in the game you think are actually true or actually in Japan. That's yeah, always yeah. an interesting conversation to see what's real and what isn't. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. But this game we're talking about, of course, is Jet Set Radio, also known in some countries as Jet Grind Radio. It doesn't have the rhyming, so uh, Jet Set's definitely my preferred way to say it. Is the PAL, the PAL version, the European version, it's Jet Grind Radio, right? I'm not sure, to be honest. I know North America is Jet Grind. but uh, Or Jet Set, maybe, in, in uh, the PAL regions. I always just call it Jet Set, because I was following it uh, before it even got the uh, like American movie. Yeah, I think they needed. They had to change the name for uh, some, some copyright copy. issue. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think they wanted to change the name, but yeah, it was a something I needed to do. What's your uh, elevator pitch uh, for Jet Set Radio? What if someone asked you, you know, you had twenty seconds to describe it. How would you describe? Oh it? yeah, I would say it's an inline skating graffiti body rocking <laughs> uh, adventure through Tokyo. You know. Um, Video game for the Dreamcast. Yeah, a video game for the Dreamcast. It has um, it features rollerblading, graffiti, and electronic music culture, and there's some rock culture and like yeah. the crossover that happened in the probably in the late '90s. Definitely or, street culture. Yeah, in the late yeah, like you said '90s, maybe even early 2000s. You know, I mean that is when the game came out. Yeah, uh, but it felt you know games take a long time to make and stuff. And 
Uh, I do know, like, the guys at Sega, it was kind of given to, like, a younger crew, you know? Like, a real younger creative crew. Yeah. And they just kind of threw it in their hands and said, yeah, give us something that, that the kids are going to like. And they had a lot of free reign. And those guys have said since that since then they've never been given like that much freedom and that much money to just do whatever they wanted you know yeah and with their experience now they said they would dream to do something like that like they didn't even know what they were doing back then yeah the funny thing is that these are the guys that made Pre- uh, Panzer Dragoon which is a very serious like fantasy game you mm-hmm. know and if you look Known at for it's like great mechanics and stuff and sh- like shooting sensibility yeah yeah it's a classic like I mean if, if you know video games like it's it's very it's one in the conversation a lot when it comes to like shooters or 3D right. shooters and stuff. But Justin Radio but, is not gonna like win any awards for its gameplay or mechanics or you know it's mm-hmm. it's more the uh, style and the the world the game takes you to. Yeah, but it's a game. very it's very separate from what like Panzer's Dragoon was. You couldn't get yeah. more opposite. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, so it's amazing that they came to a place where these guys that made this game also made Jet Set Radio. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, one of the things that's most important about Jet Set Radio is definitely the look of it. Uh, and uh, I think early on when you first look at it, you're like, this doesn't look like anything else. Like, I mean, it still kind of holds up in that way because if you watch like a video of it, even though it came out during a time where I can't remember if we were even still talking about bits at that time, like if it was like, you know, 64 bits or whatever it was. I think yeah. 64 it was kind of the last time that was really last pushed because it was in the name, you know? Yeah. And then when, I think once you got to 128 or whatever, yeah, yeah. no one was really talking about it. But I think cell shaded is a technique. Was Prappa the rapper probably the, that came out first? Yeah, Prappa was doing a similar thing, but. More simplistic. Um, more simplistic and it wasn't actually cell shading 3d graphics it was um just taking like flat graphics and then putting them in 3d spaces so it's a a slightly different aesthetic and as games that would have done it before jet set radio i mean there's like this murder mystery game i'm blinking on the name it was on playstation Mm. um that i really liked you play as like three different characters was it a killer seven or something nah but i mean that would be another i think that was yeah another example i think that came out in the PlayStation 2 just slightly just after this there's only a handful of games that have done it before and I really think Jet Set Radio did it ma- best. knocked it out of the park yeah. you know, between the colors the crazy color palette really bright kind of saturated colors um, and just it felt truly free 3D a lot of other games I played like this were like a fake 3D kind of like that Resident Evil style you know where it's like can only move in certain directions and yeah. you're very limited in how you can move because of these graphical tricks they were doing yeah and then it held up so well you go back and play this game and yeah it doesn't feel like it's a 20 year old game you know i think Se- sega did that really well with the dreamcast in general i think had better graphics and in, in in that way There's like a lot I, of weird techniques yeah, yeah. That other systems aren't doing but you're right there is like a textile feeling to this game that mm-hmm. you don't get from a lot of games of the era and yeah. um i think it has a lot to do with the game mechanics mm-hmm. as well like the grind you, i mean the whole game you're all you're doing is grinding on rails yeah. and your magic like super um inline skates inline skates will power yeah they'll rocket power and they'll propel you across the screen um and i think that uh i think that gives it a lot of like of feeling you know where 
we'll talk about the gameplay in the second half of the the episode and there's a lot to say there you know not all not all great yeah, yeah. so yeah we'll <laughs> but, this up. Uh, the first half we're going to talk about like kind of why it's culturally relevant or just like why it made us love japan you know or like kind of what grabbed us about the game and this is going to kind of be made for non-gamers you know so i think even if you're uh, not a gamer you, you should be able to appreciate something out of this but the second half is kind of made for people who play games you know yeah so uh, i know we've got a listener or two before I tell us like ah you know in the gaming episodes i don't know but we really try to make this first half of it um any piece of art you know if, if you say you don't like art then okay i get that but uh, if you like art but you don't like games, uh, just stick around and kind of hear us out a bit. Um, yeah, even if you don't like video games, I think this is a game worth checking out, like looking at. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to play it, I get that, um, if you're not a gamer, but just go to YouTube. And for the art style, the music, the, again, the way they uh, show Tokyo in this, if you like Japan, you got to check it out if you've never seen this before. Yeah, you, I mean, you won't get a better rep- representation of like Japanese, like early 2000s late 90s yeah culture yeah yeah. so um i gotta ask you david when did you discover jet grind jet set radio yeah yeah, yeah. um i was obsessed with the dreamcast at the time and i'm always i've always been an early adopter to like video game systems yeah so i jump in i spend like my life as a kid as my life savings you know all on this thing and then I always had this moment after it's like the honeymoon phase wears off, like a month or two in, and I'm like, oh crap! Like, there's no more I, games for this. Yeah, did I did make I the waste all my money? Because I've always been a Sega fan, and uh, doing that's risky. Did you get one on nine nine ninety nine? I I did. I pre-ordered it, but I didn't actually show up that day because I couldn't get a ride to the mall. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> I, I know, been, I know those days. I would have been a sophomore in high school, and I was late to get my driver's license, so. Uh, yeah, I couldn't find anyone who wanted to take me to the mall, so I think I had to go in actually the next the next day. But yeah, nine nine ninety nine was a was a funny memory, and I remember MTV was doing a big push for it. I see all these commercials, but no, no, I had to wait a bit. And uh, Jet Set Radio was not a launch title, um, but basically it came with this CD, and it kind of had you know like some, a demo disc, right? Yeah, it just showed video clips. You couldn't really play anything. Okay. And uh, it showed a lot of the stuff that was out in Japan or in development in Japan because the system was further along there. And two things really stood out on that. One was a, a clip of Jet Set Radio, and one was a game called Shindo. And I think for me, the why I was always buying Sega more than Nintendo was, yeah, Nintendo shows a certain side of Japan. But for me, uh, I was like a teen at the time, and Sega always seemed to like show more of I guess a subculture of Japan or maybe more of like a street style or something I was more interested in I think that's why I was always like a Sega kid was like I don't know that kind of it's trying to be edgy now you go back and look at it and it's embarrassingly edgy like Streets of Rage and stuff like that Yeah, which I love Streets of Rage so Jet Set Radio just seemed to really do that but even better than anything I'd seen just in the visuals I saw of it Yeah, and uh, I just felt like oh man like what is this I didn't really know anything about anime at the time I would probably have only seen like Dragon Ball or something you know and this is very different from that so I didn't know what it was it was just yeah pretty mind blowing I could go longer but the short version is then it did come out on a demo in the Dreamcast magazine and you yeah. just play a part of the first level <laughs> I think everyone's had this experience with some demo before but I probably put around 100 to 200 hours just in the demo just in that just demo. playing that I demo that re- I was over broke. and over again yeah, yeah you don't have a lot of money to buy games yeah. and stuff I used and, to do that with PlayStation, like the Prap of the Rapper, the first stage of yeah, Prap yeah, of the Rapper I've played a million times. But this demo was good, like, they gave you enough where 
Yeah, if it's a really simple demo, I'm not gonna put 100 hours into it. But because the game is just kind of a sandbox game anyway, like, yeah, there's some motivators, but essentially just the mechanics of jumping around and grinding on rails, doing flips, doing the graffiti. Yeah. You can go pretty far with that, and there's no time limit or anything on it. So I would just, like, I just couldn't believe what I was playing. I was playing a cartoon, and uh, I had like a 19 inch CRT, just $100 like TV, and it just blew my mind. I would call everyone I knew over, like, you gotta see this thing in motion, and uh, to me, it was a real kind of system seller, and yeah, I felt really, yeah, my three hundred dollars, my two ninety nine was well spent on this Dreamcast, like, even if it's just for this game, and that just increased my hype level like through through the roof, you know. Did you see the commercial that was would so, air? The, the commercial is important. I don't know yeah. who's editing this one, but I want obviously there's gonna be a lot of good music in this episode, but uh, I want that commercial. Yeah, to be it's in gotta there, be because that commercial to me was like still to this day like one of my favorite Japanese things ever yeah yeah Jeff Set Radio number one <laughs> yeah uh, I don't know how to describe it it's it's got the Gengoro girls Shibuya in it and grandmas and oh it's just like a lot of wild people in wild costumes I mean it's kind of like in line with like what the what Just Say Radio is, you know, like all these colorful characters and but stuff. But there's real life humans in it. Yeah. So, yeah. If it were to be in the real world. Yeah. It, uh, it's a wild commercial and it is if, something, yeah. If there it, were memes we, back then, this would have been memed out, you know. Like, oh, definitely. It would have been like yeah. a viral video, you know, on the internet. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that commercial definitely, I, I already knew the game was so excited, but I was like, yes, this solidifies how great this is going to be. Anyway, how about you? How did you hear about it? Yeah, so I mean, I've seen, you know, I'm a big EGM reader, so I would read Electronic Gaming Monthly, and they'd have advertisements for it, and uh, it was, I just saw, I think the advertisements initially were just very basic, it was like a drawing of the main character, Beat, that he's on the cover of everything, uh, Jet Set related, and um, uh yeah, look, he his design was really cool, and then the the pictures were like really small, but like you could kind of see like, oh yeah, they're in Shibuya or they're in like Japan, and at, around this time, you know, it was two thousand when the game came out, so um, I was already driving down to Los Angeles to go to Little Tokyo, and like you know, I was already buying comic books and um, and magazines. We've talked about like Boon Magazine, which is like a fashion magazine. Uh, but like used fashion magazine, you know, in Japan that's, uh, I guess still still exists yeah, in some capacity. Yeah. <laughs> annually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, so I was already kind of familiar, with, like just getting into like J- Japanese fashion and and music and things like that. But there wasn't a lot of access, you know. This is still before the internet, um, or at least before I was using the internet. So, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of Napster, what didn't exist. I didn't have access to any of these songs. And so when I saw like the advertisement for it, I was like, this game looks inc- incredible. But I wasn't going to buy a Dreamcast. Yeah, I was you know, ask. I already wasn't going to buy a Dreamcast. Yeah, I had bought an N64 and I invested all, you know, and like committed. Yeah. And so I was committed already. And, um, <clears throat> Uh, luckily, one of my friends bought a Dreamcast. He was a big fan of uh, Sega, and he wanted to get a Sega Saturn, and he didn't end up getting one, so he got the Dreamcast instead. And uh, yeah, my friend Eric had like all the good games on Dreamcast. Like whenever a good game came out, he, he would call he would call me up and say, "Listen, you got to come and play this." And when he got Jet uh, Jet Grind Radio, uh, and he called me up. I was like, "Yeah, I'm coming over like right now." And I think we spent like one day just like I, I got there at maybe noon and I stayed till midnight, you know, just playing the, this game. And um, 
Yeah, it was everything I, w I wanted from a game. You know, it was colorful. It had it was taking place in Japan, and at the time, you know, there weren't any open world games, so you didn't really feel yourself immersed into a game, you know, that often. Yeah. And maybe on PC it's you might have something. It's you know, right around Grand Theft Auto Three. I, I think it's came out first, but. before the 3D Grand Theft Autos. I think so too. I think right before. Like a year before. Yeah. yeah. And um, so for me, it was like, wow, this is like a real city. This is like really Shibuya, you know? Like, I mean, I couldn't believe the, the detail they w went into. And you can connect, like, the city and certain levels connects to other parts, like other neighborhoods of the city. And yeah, yeah. And it's now we take that for granted. That happens in games all the time. But, at, like, when that happened, when I first played this game, I was like, this is, it's makes sense like the city makes sense you know where you've never played it i never played a game like that and i remember that really sticking out to me like oh now i'm above the city now i'm in the sewer or now i'm in the reservoir you know like like and it's all connected it all works like a real city does uh the subway is down here you know like i mean there's so many th little small details and um and i think something that you and i will probably talk about a little more is to the all the signs on all the buildings and stuff it sounds like something really dorky like yeah. why why would you pay attention to like I think this is the epitome of our podcast though is like the obsession <laughs> to these details i think there are other people out yeah. there who, who get it you know but there were so many signs you know and they didn't bother to translate the japanese no, yeah, you know exactly and some right. of them have like you know the romanji yeah. names Just of like places in japan you do see a lot of english too but yeah yeah I remember, like, what is that? I want to know. But the signs were so vivid and so detailed, and um, it's something in it, when I got into like the television industry and I was doing set painting, um, it, there's something called they call it Greeking, and it's Greeking also has other means and meanings in uh, fine arts and stuff. But in Greeking and the set painting business, is means you take a sign that looks like the Starbucks sign, for example, and you change it so you give it a mustache and, uh, yeah, and so it looks so like a man yeah and you don't get sued right nope, the starbucks one is in there right yeah i don't know if starbucks is in <laughs> there's a rip off of it it might maybe there yeah. is yeah but um uh but there's so many signs that are like now that i live in japan yes, i'm yes. like oh yeah that family was definitely mart, yeah. like family mart or lawson's or dotor or well, you know yeah that, that's a like great, all these places the sign's a great point that i would have probably not remembered to bring up but like even some of the signs, it wasn't until I lived here, and we've traveled in Japan a lot before we lived here, that I didn't really notice. So the little kid running in the street, for example. Yeah. Which co comes from Shiga. They say like, the first one of those is from Shiga. Yeah. Oh, uh, the sign for like the like children, children cro yeah, crossing yeah. sign. Yeah. That's in the game. And I, didn't, I just thought it was a one-off. I didn't really know that was like, a thing in Japan. And then in my neighborhood, you know, now has it. I'm yeah, you like, have one right by your house. Yeah. Yeah, that was real. <laughs> you know, like, so... I mean, that's 20 years ago, and there's still little things. Kate, I mean, it's rare at this point, but there are things, like, once every couple of years, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's from Jet Set Radio. Like, yeah. I didn't realize, you know? So they really captured some weird, minimal, like, background noise that you have in Japan, you know, that uh, you do see here. And now living here, too, I can read Japanese a bit more. Uh, you can read the signs now when you play the game, and that's always fun. You know, they're like, oh, no way, that was a said communion over this way or whatever, you know, so... Yeah, um, yeah I've heard, the signage is great, and you can knock down a lot of the signs and stuff too, and tear them. Well, cool. interaction with the environment is one of the best parts of this game, and um, you know, the one thing that they also did was they populated the streets really well. Their cars, their buses, their um, 
you could kind of you could grab on the cars like um yes. back to the future that's a, style that's a, deep, a lot of people don't realize that one but yeah, yeah. yeah and um uh, Marty McFly style and just like get up the hills and stuff at mm. Rapungi, and uh, I don't know if they say it's, I don't know if it's supposed to be Rapungi, the hill hilly area but yeah Rapungi sure. is kind of one of the hilliest areas yeah. yeah that I can think of yeah I mean Shibuya Crossing is definitely represented in the game yeah. there's an area called Benton Cho yeah. and there's a part of Osaka called Benton Cho I imagine it's all Tokyo but uh, you guys are considering living there for a while I remember the first thing that popped in my head was like oh Benton yeah Cho. Benton Cho yeah. Benton Cho is one of the it's probably my least favorite level in the game and uh, it's not one of the best neighborhoods in Osaka either <laughs> but um, there actually might be two correlations there one yeah. is Benton Cho is known for being the foreigner neighborhood mm. and then I believe is it Benton Cho the one that is the stage based on New York? I believe it might be. I don't think it's that one. I think it was it's called, not. I think it was called like something New York. Isn't does not have New or York it's in the like name? Batman City or something? Gotham like City, yeah, Gotham. I think it's Batman City that they've rearranged like a couple of letters, uh, okay, like okay, okay. Bam, Bamat City uh, or something okay, like that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, this game for me kind of was my switch with like being obsessed with Japan. I mean, it was always on my radar. We've talked about it before in the show. Like, I was kind of had a little interest in Japan. But again, it was kind of after this and another game called Shinmu, which I'm sure I'll eventually make you do a podcast with me about, <laughs> um, that made me then totally obsessed with Japan, researching everything. And I do remember after Jet Set Radio, I did look into anime more. Um, and I remember seeing Akira just shortly after. And Akira is obviously a really mm-hmm. big uh, piece of art that had a big impact on me too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't really know about Shibuya Crossing or anything, and it was all because of this game that I started looking that stuff up. Yeah, yeah. Finding out about the Gang Girl Girls, and there were so many things that were because of this game, particularly like Shibuya. I was just always searching Shibuya, yeah. not even Tokyo or not even Japan. But, uh, Akihabara as well. Yeah, that was yeah. another one that I learned from this game. Like, mm-hmm. I knew, I think in the game, they have the Se- one of the Sega buildings uh, at one point or something that, you know, it looks like it, I, I wouldn't understand. They have to have the Sega building in there. But then I saw a picture of Akihabara, and I saw an actual Sega bu- building, which here now in Japan, living in Japan, you see those in every major city. They have a Sega building. It's a big red building with Sega on it, and they do. Um, it's like an arcade, right? Game center. Yep. But um, but like those things are things I found out about. You know, based on what I've learned from. Yeah, Jet, Jet Set Radio and Check Ride Radio. Mm. So after playing this game, I knew I had to visit Japan. This yeah. is where the obsession with at least visiting Japan started. I think for me too, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, I think people who are into art, you know, or street culture in any way, this was like um, something I've never seen. And, you know, a lot of people dog on video games and say like the writing and the stories aren't good. And I think there's some truth to that. There's certain things that a game can do, just being in an interactive world, and uh, yeah, this game, more than anything else, you know, really pulled me in. I can't think of, there's a handful of games, you know, have done kind of similar things to me. Well, we've talked about a game, Persona, before, and that's a story-based game. If that story makes, you know, makes or breaks the game for you, right? Like, if you love the kind of story, the melodramatic story... Persona is what you you go for, right? This game essentially has no story. I mean, Uh, the story, no, so it does, it does, but there's no, like, like, there's no background for the characters, you know, there's, it's really a story that you build on your own, you know, and, um, and there are aspects of story in there, but there's no, the overarching story is just like a, 
simple. It's so simple. It's just it like really a corporate a corporation is trying to take over the city. Yeah, and drive out the, the kids graffitiing up the city. Yeah, yeah, but um, but uh, because of that though, I think it gives you the freedom to kind of create your own scenarios in the game, and I, I think that it's like I said, it's kind of like the first open world game. Like it's the first time I felt like, yeah, I'm creating my own Tokyo in while playing this and my own stories and this character that I've unlocked, you know, fits this role for me, you know, and and it might be totally different for you because the characters don't have any backstory. It's just that yeah. statistics of their abilities, right? Blank slate. You yeah. That kind of create. But the characters are so vibrant, so interesting, so varied that they're all great like all there's, the characters are... there's a character who's not playable who does have a lot of flavor and a lot of personality I think and that's Professor K yes really about yeah him. yeah he's probably the biggest story aspect yeah and he kind of is like the narrator of the story and another aspect that we've not talked about another part of kind of street culture that this captures was, was pirate radio yes it's essentially just that radio is, is a pirate radio station broadcasting out to like all, all the youths you know and telling them when the cops are coming in and to get out and uh, I've always loved Pirate Radio and the obsession with trying to start my own like radio station with uh, CB trucker radios and stuff was a part of me being a kid. So Well, Doki Doki Radio is kind of our version, that's, right? That's right. Um, yeah, with the internet now, obviously, Pirate Radio is probably not thriving. But yeah, we grew up in a time where maybe we, we saw the tail end of that happening. And, yeah. Uh, I was always really interested in Pirate Radio, even as a young kid. So yeah, I built a Pirate Radio antenna. Yeah. Yeah. It only it only went like like around uh, like around the block. Yeah. Like you could nobody listen to that thing. more things kind of like culturally i think why this is relevant um well are you gonna leave professor k because i want to talk yeah, a little talk more about, about yeah. yeah so um yeah one another thing that this game is about like gang culture like mm. it really is about uh it took a lot from movies like the warriors and um warriors is a good reference yes. yeah and basically the warriors has the same idea which is the dj um, is narr- the narrator of the and is talking about like what the gangs are doing right now and and you know I'm playing this song for you this goes out to you guys you know and uh, DJ Professor K like that's what he does like he basically gives you like the scenario that you're going to be doing and and talks about like the other gangs that are getting in your territory and how you have to kick them out and stuff and that's probably the biggest narrative thread it comes from him and yeah it's great like i mean he is such a great character so charismatic and uh yeah i love his design and stuff would his design flow in you know the modern day like i think that i always felt like he was i mean maybe this is me having limited knowledge but i always thought he's like a buster rhymes rebuff to a certain degree did you ever get a Busta Rhymes vibe, vibe yeah, from him? Yeah, I thought, you know, kind of Felix the house cat, like, you know, some of the house DJs at the time that yeah. had, like, piercing noses uh, okay. and, and wore, like, like. Um, Felix, I believe it's Felix, and it could be mistaking it for another DJ, yeah. but, um, like, guys like that that had, like, yeah, piercings and glasses yeah, and, like, really you know, really vibrant style. Yeah. yeah. I mean, nowadays, like, I think a lot of rappers have, like, wear, like, button-up shirts and polos and stuff, but, like, before this 
you know, game, it was only like house and EDM DJs that were dressing like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's maybe a little tropey or, I don't know, bordering on, like, journalizing. Yeah. I think all the characters are basically... He's my avatar on PSN, so I like his design. Oh, I mean, his design design. is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think... I know what you're saying. Yeah, I think in a modern sensibility, you know, he might be toned down just a bit, you know. Like, I think, um, you know, this game was made at a time, you know, where, yeah, maybe people weren't as sensitive. Japan's always not very sensitive towards minority cultures as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're a fan of Street Fighter 2, you kind of have the same feeling, you know, where, like, it's stereotypes, but it also, that brings charm to the game at the same time, you know. Yeah. You mentioned the gang thing. I, I want to talk on that. That's mm-hmm. one of my main points I was going to say, which is that kind of taught me about this whole... Sometimes people... I think the more direct translation from the Japanese word is tribe. Um, I think tribe's maybe a better word because people associate gangs with violence and negative connotation. But sure. In Japan, um, people kind of choose a subculture and that's uh, how they make their friends and stuff. Uh, typically, it's kind of harder to make friends or meet people here compared to the West, just in terms of like talking to a random stranger or just meeting someone at work or something. Uh, oftentimes, it's your hobbies, your kind of clubs that you join, and typically you only find people joining one or two of these, and like being really obsessed with them, you yeah. know, like 120% at them, and buying all the gear and stuff. And uh, you'll find that, um, yeah, people, that, that's kind of how they live here. I, I felt this game in some way, kind of took that and kind of in a hyperbolic sense, you know, to be actual gangs, like you mentioned, but I do think that's kind of part of Japanese life is that people kind of hang out in these kind of cliques, whether it's skateboarding or you're a punk or you're into hip hop. And that's kind of like what you do. That's the only thing you do. You don't get too many people who are mixing those trends. Um, yeah. But yeah, but, and I, then the connection with that is neighborhoods. And sometimes those neighborhoods represent some of those tribes, you know. Harajuku is like the fashionable place and mm-hmm. Japan and Shibuya is kind of for the real youth young kids to hang out and go party and all these neighborhoods uh, in Tokyo kind of have these separate feels and these games you know or tribes kind of originate from there and again playing the game I mean I didn't really think about it that much but after living here and thinking here longer I think it really does show a certain way of life of like yeah what neighborhood in the city you're from and kind of your lifestyle that you're choosing and how you represent that lifestyle whether it's wearing like uh, dinosaur hoodies on your head or getting crazy piercings like uh, there's some gangs in the game we'll talk about in the second half probably but um, yeah I think that kind of captures uh, Japanese society in a kind of more uh, fictional way yeah, it's interesting that you say that, and I think um, in the there's a really great documentary about this game that yes. um, it was on the Dreamcast remastered version that came out for PS3 and Vita. I think you could still buy it on Vita. It's probably the best place to buy it, uh, PlayStation Vita. Yeah, you can get it on yeah. PS3 too. Yeah, you can still get it on PS3, but I don't know how long that's gonna last. You know, by the time this podcast goes out, you know, PS5 is coming out. So yeah. So um, soon, but, but the documentary you can just get on YouTube. Yeah, the documentary. documentary yeah. And it's really great. And they talk about how like all the music culture uh, was coming together at that time, and how like '90s music culture was punk rock, hip hop, electronic DJing, and rock music. You know, it's like psychedelic rock and stuff all together. Like at one time, like yeah. you go to a um, you go to like a, a festival or something, and. Um, you'd have all these groups together, you know, and really that was the soundtrack represents that, you know, it's 
yes, the soundtrack is probably the most influenced by like the electronic big beat, big beat, yeah. big beat era, yeah. which is um, you know still actually kind of exists in Japan to some extent. I never knew that phrase, big beat, until we were getting ready to do this podcast. Actually, oh, okay. uh, was it? Uh, someone just wrote a little twenty-year write-up on the game. Uh, oh, it was US Gamer. US Gamer. There US go. Gamer had a really good and one. And they yeah. mentioned the big beat genre, and then like I googled that to see exactly what that was, and I was like, oh man, I was wanting more just that radio music, and yeah, I knew like Prodigy or Fatboy Slim, like I knew those ones, but there's some really obscure European groups that I, I didn't know of, and it does sound like it could just be on just that radio. So or yeah. Konishi Konishi-san's like music, you know, a lot of the ready-made guys did be big beat like. Um, people that we've put on Doki Doki Radio and stuff. Like, some of that stuff is considered big beat. So I never knew the genre label, though, so I was happy now to have a turn to search and I can just find some more Jesse Radio style music. I always look like, where is this music coming from? I don't know. Is it hip hop? Is it electronic? Like, how can I find more? <laughs> yeah, I try searching a lot of the artists. And should we talk about the music now or in the second half? Yeah, I think we, the music should be talked about in this first half because um, I think it is another thing that like people who are not into video games yeah. like would really appreciate. And yeah, I mean, this is it's such a great soundtrack it's like from beginning to end they got like a lot of great musicians the um american version had a couple more musicians from the states yes. that are some Rob of my favorite Zombie. well jurassic five dragula is like the most famous <laughs> i'm uh, not gonna lie i love the song dragula when this game came out and it was a big appeal to me it's an embarrassing secret but so i didn't mind the playing when playing the game i didn't mind hearing the song except there's one level that kept repeating it over and over yes. because it's a very difficult level and that's when i was like no i'm done with dragula i don't want to hear the song i already again. watched the matrix 20 times and now, <laughs> now this that song was in everything it was uh, so year big. 2000 yeah. yeah but um uh but yeah they got i mean the some of the western artists were some of my favorites already like chibomato is in there um which was what, my favorite band at the time birthday cake is uh birthday cake yeah. is is my favorite chibomato song yeah. so you know it was great to have that in there jurassic five was in there Mixmaster master mike one of my favorite mr master mike songs is in there um then they had japanese acts like they had guitar vader and then um Oh, man, there's another one I'm really for, forgetting. That's in the the sequel. That's in the sequel. Oh, no, no, Just okay. a future, right. yeah. Um, but uh, but the, really, the highlight is the music made for the game. Yeah. By Hideki uh, Naganuma. Naganuma, you got it. Yeah, Hideki Naganuma did the whole soundtrack. He's a Sega guy. He's mm. done like a lot of Sega games, mm. and uh, this is his like crown glory, like. He, he is great online. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, yeah, he's but... Of, he's like, a great English speaker, and he's pretty witty and makes jokes, and... Everything's a meme that he does, and... Um, but if you notice, like, people write him all the time and talking about... Just Set Radio. Just Set Radio, yeah. Yeah, Ali Ali King is another uh, deep cut that he did, and the music's really the good. The music's really I good got for to, that, I yeah, play yeah. it one time at an arcade in Okinawa. It was the only time I've ever seen it. Yeah, I've never seen the game, but great. I've listened to the soundtrack a lot, yeah. But um, about the music, for me, the appeal was actually the American music. And I, I don't know, at the time, I just, I was maybe more close-minded. I don't think I'd ever listened to music that wasn't in English. And a lot of the Japanese music, um, some of the more notable tracks 
are probably grading to the average person. Mm. And uh, one of the reasons for the average person they might be grading is some of the pronunciation of the English words mm. is like so different from anything I'd ever heard. Yeah. And uh, I think it's an acquired taste. So some of the Japanese tracks in the beginning, I'm talking like, you know, the first week of playing it, I was like, I don't know, man, this, this is interesting, but I was really loving it. For me, I never heard of Shiwamato, I never heard of Jesser, or uh, Jurassic 5. And it's because of this game that now those are two of my favorite acts ever. We should know how to improvise. Reminiscing of the wild style 75. Cause it's the brothers on the mic occupying the drum. We take the four MC and make them sound like one. And together we'll show you how to improvise. Reminiscing of the wild style 75. So whoever bought the tape, bring your butt right back. Cause you never in your life heard a cut like that. Hey, we flip fast, full of grass, 45, record smash, hot. To get Jurassic 5 on there is like crazy. Like, the yeah. model has a Japanese connection, you know. and but yeah, Jurassic 5, just to get one of the best up-and-coming hip-hop groups, you know, that has no real Japan connection. That was, that was crazy. Well, I think at the time they were starting to, like, tour. I mean, hip-hop was really blowing up at that time. Yeah. Like, and uh, when I was, like, going to Jurassic 5 shows and stuff, that was right in the midst of their, I think their first album had just come out, mm -hmm. and then their second album was coming out, and then they had... Um, a bunch of Japan tours like everybody was going in hip hop was going to Japan at that time this was the height of like my Beastie Boys craze yeah and all I really knew about good hip hop was Def Jam I was just going to the Def Jam catalog at that time yeah yeah cause I this is at the time I don't know what was big in 2000 Jay-Z Jay and Dr. Dre and all that stuff so like I wasn't into that, so I didn't really know much how to find like older hip hop. So it was just all about Run DMC, LL Cool J, and Beastie Boys for me. Yeah. So to hear this sound that had an old school sound that was done in a completely different way from Def Jam, obviously, <laughs> um, I was very limited in scope then at like 16 years old. It was just like, what? This is awesome. Like this is like wholesome, good music. You know, it's not about drugs or like, yeah, improvise is the song and uh, the way it's done. And I don't know the right term for it, but. You got a bass and a tenor singing, like a barbershop quartet almost. It's yeah, yeah. kind of like an aspect of Jurassic 5, right? Mm -hmm. I just thought, like, how, I've only heard that done in, like, really lame. Like, my grandpa would go see that, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is done in such a cool yeah. way of playing with that. And such an early MC, like, way to do things. Yeah. yeah and now I mean, I, they were riffing with, like, the Treacherous 3 and right, stuff right. like that. So but now yeah. I know hip-hop goes back before Def Jam, and they are doing references back to that stuff. Yeah. You know, early 80s. But, uh, yeah, that, that song alone was, like... Nothing to do with video games, nothing to do with Japan, but just such a opening experience for me and got me really into like good hip hop culture for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I totally owe it to be on that soundtrack. But yeah, the Japanese songs, you know, are what we should mainly talk about on here and yeah, they are just Chibomato I think is if people know Chibomato and this whole soundtrack a lot of the soundtrack and vocalists sound like Chibomato or they'd be friends with Chibomato or <laughs> yeah. uh, like Super Brother. Yeah, kind of abrasive like abrasive lyrics and stuff, lyrics, you know. Like simple a, English like chants. Yeah. Not good singing voices, like classically good, you know. Yeah. Um, but so catchy. Yeah. I'm mean, playing a video game, you hear music over and over again, you're losing levels and stuff, but man, I'll tell you what, after that first week, like Super Brother, I'd just be like all day long in school, go around <laughs> Super Brother. Yeah, Super Brother. And I went to a school with a thousand kids. There was no one playing Jet Set Radio at my school. No one, no one to talk to you about it. And I would talk to like anyone uh, who yeah. would listen and be like, listen to the song. And I remember recording it. I had like a uh, cassette recorder. 
and I record the songs off my TV. It was a mono speaker, so it was so sad. And then I'd bring it to school and just like play it to people. No one cared at all. Yeah. They all thought like, oh, that's pretty weird, man. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I try to introduce people to my favorite Japanese bands and yeah. stuff like that, yeah, they don't get it. But I think、um, this was one of those things, I've talked about this on the podcast before, that like it was one of those things that opened my eyes to like, like the certain t- genres of music and stuff. And this was what opened my eyes to like J pop, you know, like、um, underground, the ready made, like. Uh, Physicado, like all that stuff came from this game and trying to find more of this type of music, you know? And,、um, and I didn't find like Physicado was like a pretty recent development for us, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But guys like Cornelius, like that's where I heard them for the first time. Boa, who was produced by a lot of Japanese bands, she's actually a Korean singer. Yeah, I knew、um, Boa was one of the first things I knew about Asia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think everybody had a kinda, friend who had a crush on her, and I was like, Yeah. And my friend had all of his, her, her <laughs> records. But then things like Bjork and like Porter's Head and like all this stuff that was coming out at the time kind of fit into the, this type of music. Sure. And so.、Um, a lot of European stuff. Yeah, a lot of European kind of vibes and stuff. And yeah, it's just such a good soundtrack. And the other cool thing was instead of just letting one song like fade out,、oh, like even, great, even great with point, great point. modern games like、um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and I don't know if Skate does this, but. Um, you know, like a lot of these sports or inline games and, and things that have come from it,、yeah. haven't used this, and this is such a、yeah. brilliant idea.、Yeah. Is when a game was changing, they made it sound like DJ Professor K was scratching in like、yeah. a, a, the next song. That's right. And sometimes, like, as a, you know, somebody who's dabbled in DJ'd、yeah. and done DJing for a while, like, there's no like real fade into another song.、Mm. but The way that they do it is such a clever, clever、so、way, yeah. There's certain renditions of tracks in the game too, so if you play like the standard levels,、um, the fade isn't as good, I find. Like,、yeah. it's, it's a normal fade, a cross fader. You know, you could even train like iTunes to do that for you. You can set it up that way. Yeah. But there's these like kind of super levels towards the end of the game where they combine all the neighborhoods and you can actually go through them, and it's like a 20 minute sequence you have to do, and they're really tough. That's when they're like mixing in certain parts of the songs, and、yeah. it's like, oh yeah, they got a professional to do it. And I、yeah. just remember thinking, like, I couldn't even recognize some of the songs. I was like, what is this one? Is this a new song? As again, a 16 year old who didn't know much about music or anything, I was really confused by it. And I had gotten the soundtrack on Napster, and it was, they must have ripped it from those levels.、Yeah. I remember that I, when I bought the soundtrack for the game, I was like, this isn't the same. Like, I want those Napster songs. Like, those are incredible. Like, what, what is that? I didn't know what it was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In so many ways, this game was really eye opening to me. Yeah, yeah. No, it made you kind of like think about those things. Like, Mixtape culture existed, but、mm. like I didn't have access to a lot of mixtapes until I started going to like Fat Beats and Melrose and stuff. And this was right before like those times. And、um, but it was like when they'd start dropping in like the the beat for Improvise from Jurassic Five,、yeah. you know, it would just like just be mixing it yeah. in, yeah. yeah. And it was going over the other song, yeah. You know? Some crazy I, I, Japanese, I would get chill. I'm getting chills right now just, just thinking, thinking、yeah. about it. Like, it's 
it's my favorite aspect of like mixtapes and stuff is when you hear those bits of songs and you get really excited you're like yeah that's my jam you know yeah, for the little tease yeah a little yeah. tease so um yeah we'll definitely have to find some some rips from youtube or something to oh, put yeah. in here yeah. so that people could hear those those mixes all right before we end this segment i want us to name our our three favorite songs okay yeah we'll start with Number three, maybe? Number three? Okay, yeah. number three for me is Humming Baseline. Humming the Baseline. Yeah, yeah. Humming Baseline is, yeah. uh, it's kind of like That's when you're the... selecting the character. But that character select screen, I must have spent hours just on the character That's select right. screen. Um, I actually never, I didn't own the game at first. Mm. I would just go over to my friend Eric's yeah. house and, and play. Uh, but he gave me his Dreamcast oh, at one point you because, uh, and he was like, you just got to play through the rest of the game because yeah. I had only played about half of the game. So he gave it to me and it, the thing is I had to flip the Dreamcast oh, upside yeah. down to play and I'd play it upside down. Sometimes, sometimes I had to put a towel over it to warm it up. Yeah. It was wow. Dreamcast did like really weird things. Yeah, I never did that. But um, but, uh, but yeah, I got to play through the whole game that way. That's awesome. And um, there is a section you go into the settings and you can just listen to the music. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. In the gang hangout. Yeah, you, know? you could also design your own graffiti there, which oh, we didn't talk about the did. graffiti at yeah. all. Let's talk about that in the second okay, half. Okay. Right. But um, uh, but yeah, humming baseline is just such a great like jam, and all the characters when you scroll through the characters, they all have different dances yeah. and different dance styles. Yeah. And I I thought that was so cool. If you're used yes. to like Street Fighter, where there's like a yeah. static select or screen, or just like a clearly it's like five frames repeated over and over yeah, again. But it looks it so smooth. You know? The characters so much character. Yeah, right. You know, like yeah. a beat has like this nice like soul clap. You know, yeah, and yeah. then Gum has this cute cute girl arm swing thing she does, yeah. and then like yo-yo is like doing the uh, arms in the air raise the roof you know sure yes yeah, i love it. and the so music cool. is perfect yeah all right my rocket on is that the name of it yeah rocket on yeah, that's that's my third favorite one that one's good that's one of the ones like, the first time i heard you know didn't love it but then fell in love with it yeah and matt mentioned that the game has a t rating or e I think it's, it's like, like an easy E, right? E or something, yeah. yeah. But they managed to get uh, some profanity in that yeah, song, yeah. Slip, Slip By, and uh, yeah, we don't know how that happened. But yeah. I just mentioned a story that like, I had pretty strict parents, so like whenever they were in the room and that one was playing, I would just turn down the volume. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you said it's Flavor Flav sample, right? Yeah, I think it's Flavor Flav, and I know people have asked uh, uh, Nakanuma about that. Like, like, oh, you got Flavor Flav in there? How do you, you do that? You know, and he was like, yeah, listen, I Sega had like this licensed sample uh, CD, yeah, and, and he just ripped it. everything yeah. from that. Yeah, so they probably paid Flavor Flav at some point for that yeah, sample, but, not but yeah, that game. <laughs> yeah, not the game. All right, uh, number two. Number two for me is uh, rock on it. Oh, there you yeah, go. yeah. So, yeah, same for the same. Like, I think it's a great song. It's it's got some amazing samples. It's got one of the most driving beats. You know, um, yeah, I love that one. All right, my number two is Super Brother. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I remember my brother specifically was like. He walked in while I was playing it. I was like, what is this? I think that just made me like it even more. I'm like, yeah, this is cool, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah.
Yeah, I remember my brother specifically was like, he walked in while I was playing it. I was like, what is this? I think that just made me like it even more. I'm like, yeah, this is cool, right? Yeah. But yeah, Super Brother is one of the ones where it's clearly a Japanese person, you know, saying Super Brother. Yeah. And, um... Guitar Vader is the name of that group. Yeah, well, yeah. I wouldn't know that. They're a Japanese group? Yeah, they're a Japanese group. They only had, like, two songs or two albums or something. Uh, yeah. They, they have, uh... Some Westerner in their group. He's like uh, the guitarist or something. Okay. Yeah, Vader, Vader bomb. Yeah, Vader you know, wrestling bomb. was that Vader back then. Um, yeah, all right, yeah, that's a fair one. All right, number one. Number one for me has got to be uh, "Let Mom Sleep." You know, like a classic. Um, like the it's pretty much the title theme yeah. for Jet, when Jet you load Radio. it up and you don't hit start. It's the music that yeah, plays. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean. I could have gone with like you know some of the licensed music because I mean it's some of my favorite songs, but yeah, like, like in context of the game, like in our podcast, yeah, yeah I, think, I, Japan. I think this one is yeah absolutely my favorite. Let's look at the funk. Well, this song would be my bonus song, Let Mom Sleep. It was Let my, Mom Sleep? probably okay. my number four. Okay, yeah. I really, really like it. It's great. I think I heard it too much just because it was on that title screen. Mm-hmm. I used to just leave that on and like walk around the house, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that's a great one. It's got like a grandma. The, the narrative in that song is pretty funny, right? It's like the kids are like making noise and there's like this old lady like screaming in the background. Yeah, like, put like, down, turn down the music. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, that's, that's an excellent song. Naganuma was also saying that one of the things that he was experimenting with was sampling voices. Yeah. But because he didn't speak English very well, he just mm. he just broke it up to make nonsense. Like, wow, okay. and so that's one of the reasons why the the lyrics are kind of abrasive yeah, yeah, of the yeah. songs is because he's actually taking syllables from certain songs and just mixing them up. Ah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. My top one's Sweet Soul Brother. Sweet Soul like Brother, it, yeah. It has, like, yeah. so many different movements. It sounds like three songs in one, you know? Yeah. And that's something that's kind of done a lot now in music, is, uh, like, these different sections that are beat switches and stuff. But, uh, yeah, that song, kind of a fast and slow back and forth, I thought was, was cool. So. So, Jet Grind Radio had a sequel, yes. Jet Set Future, and um, and that game only came out on Xbox, and I've never been an Xbox nah, guy, nah, nah. so Microsoft yeah. Microsoft guys, yeah. But the songs in that game are really great, too. Yeah. And they're mostly remixes of the original, like, the main songs that... Uh, uh, of the game, like the games, the songs made for the game. Yeah. I'm not an expert on that game either. My story is similar to you going to a friend's house playing it. Yeah. My feeling from the music though was that it was less hip hop y and a little more EDM. EDM. It is definitely that's more EDM. Less than me, so I think that's part of the reason why I don't love it as much. But it's very good. Very good. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. It's got some really great groups like the Latch Brothers, and I don't know if you know who the Latch Brothers are, but it's Mike D from the Beastie okay. Boys and is, uh, um, James Lavelle. From Moax, okay. uh, Major Force, yeah. you know, and um, uh, yeah, but there's a song on there from a group called Biz, B I S, and it's called um, Statement of Intent. Hat 
had that been in the original game, that would have been my number one song. Number one. That's oh. my one of my favorite favorite songs. And actually, I've I've ordered the single on uh, vinyl, yeah. and I keep buying copies that don't have that song on there. So there's two versions of that single, and they they always come like the ones I buy always come, and they don't have that song on there. Finally got a copy. Really? Yeah. You buy them online or something? Or? Yeah, I've been buying them online, oh, yeah. and it's been a big. They're like a dollar, yeah, you know, yeah. like so they're not expensive, but um, but statement of intent is a great song. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's still one of my favorites. Make sure yeah. You put it in the show then. Yeah, I will. Uh, all right, so we'll take a break and we'll come back with kind of breaking down the gameplay and the mechanics, and there's some pretty annoying parts of the game too. So yeah, we'll talk about that a bit. And we're back. Yes, we are. So we'll break down kind of the mechanics of the game for those of you who are gamers. What's this game like if you haven't played it or maybe you have played it and yeah, you're hoping we speak to some things that uh, you felt about the game. Yeah, first of all, I'll say this is the 20-year anniversary of the game and that's kind of why we're talking about it. And it's not the easiest game to get. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could get a G- Dreamcast used, you know, really pretty cheap these days, but a lot of them get refurbished or they get modded. So like... Some of the games, you know, don't play so well on them anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, but really, the best way is still on a PS3 or a PS Vita. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to play these games. Yep. The remaster version also has like a um, the ability to control the camera, which is so the control- very very yeah. important. Yeah. The biggest flaw in the first game, in terms of gameplay, was the, was the camera. So having a, a third, a second stick to control the camera is a big improvement. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, rare, you know, you for nostalgia factors, I like playing it on Dreamcast, but it's honestly more enjoyable in uh, 2020 to play it on uh, PlayStation 3 or Vita. Um, yeah, the, we kind of talked about the basics of the mechanics in the first half, but another big part is collecting these spray paint cans, which you can only each character can hold a different amount, which is kind of part of choosing the character, and then you have to lay down the graffiti. Uh, which is using a series of button combinations, uh, typically the swirling the stick around, the analog stick around. Yeah, it's like a quick time event, basically, yeah. that's stationary. That's but right. the cool part about it is the visual way that they represent it is when you're doing the each quick time event, like the camera angle changes, like in a really dynamic way. That's right, and the characters are kind of following that basic pattern, too. Yeah. And then you'll see the build suspense if you're like later on in the level where it's getting harder. You know, the cops and whatever crazy vehicles they have are like coming in on you. Yeah, you know? the police come at you. And they yeah. will get you while you're doing it. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's very tense when you're doing it. And sometimes the controls, no matter what system you're playing it on, don't always seem to match or link up. And because it's such a tense game, it can be really frustrating sometimes, I think, when you're laying down that graffiti and you, you know you did it right, you know, and it said you didn't, and then you got to go get more cans, and it's like a disaster, but yeah. it adds to me, you know. Well, there's a timer ticking down, too, so, like, once the timer ticks down, you, you lose. So if, if you can't get up to, like, a certain area and tag enough of the city, then you, you won't pass, Yeah, you know. I don't know if I can't remember. Do you have to get everything tagged, or do you just have to tag enough? There's two different color tags. There's like arrows where you can tag. Yeah. So there's optional ones. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't you got to get them. I think they're the main. Ones, I think they're yeah. green. And then the red ones are the ones that you have to get. Yeah, yeah. And there's strategy that um, in the beginning of every level, there's, there's less of a police force. 
So you want to always try to get the more complicated tags or the bigger yeah. tags then while there's no police on you. And you want to save. There's some tags that literally are just hitting the trigger button, that's it, and they're done. They're really fast. Yeah. You want to kind of save those for the end. Yeah, save those for the end because at first, like, the 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 whack cops come, like, the ones with the yeah. sticks, just you know, feet, just on the their feet. They can't keep up with you or anything. And then, the then you get, like, a helicopter. You get police tanks. cars and tanks. Yeah. And then, yeah. It gets and then, ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, the main, there's a main detective that's chasing you. And that guy is great. I forget his name. Oh, but his name. but uh, he has, like, a big pompadour. And he's a very archetypical, like, gun gun happy uh japanese cop i thought he looked like a japanese version of jay leno personally yeah yeah so that's I good with a yeah. big butt chin yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh yeah i mean those are the basic mechanics one of the cool things about the graffiti is that they have real graffiti artists doing it what's the guy's name again eric hayes, eric hayes. he's a new york a famous new york like yeah. tiger i mean he's been around since the beginning of like like graffiti culture and you can collect these um like the jet set uh radio logo and that'll give you more extra graffiti you can choose from. So you yeah. can like, choose your graffiti sets, which is really fun. There's like a hundred, you know, to choose oh, from. Oh, and they're all really great designs. <laughs> I mean, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, some are really silly, but some, some are genuinely cool. And then, yeah, the craziest thing is that you can make your own. You can go in like a paint, like Microsoft Paint style editor and go in and make your own graffiti, which was always fun, but you can't create anything. I, I could never create anything nearly as cool as like the actual ones. No, it looks really p pixelated when you do it. Yeah. And then also, I've seen people do some amazing graffiti sure, on it, I'm you sure know, but like when, it, yeah, when I did it, it was, looked really bad. No, it cool, just said cool, like cool, my name. The coolest thing is with the Vita, it has a camera built into the system. You can take pictures of stuff and then have them go in there. And actually on the Dreamcast, I'm now remembering, I'm 90% sure of this, the Dreamcast had a browser built in, and you could save images off the browser. Because oh, yeah. I had a uh, shout out to GeoCities. If you guys remember GeoCities, I had a GeoCities webpage, and on that webpage, I had some really silly, like inside joke photos of like kids I knew in school. Mm -hmm. And I used to put them in the game. I'd get people to come over who like don't even like games or anything, and they would just die laughing, seeing us spray paint and, like this goofy kid in class, you know, that we thought was kind of funny, you know, on, yeah. on the wall or pictures of ourselves, even, you know. But yeah, on the Vita, I remember having my wife's like face in the game and stuff. And, oh, that's really cool, uh, man! I didn't know you had uh, that capability. I mean, it was really like it makes me want to get a Vita just it to would, get this. It was stripped down the the image colors like eight colors. You know, I mean, it looked pretty old school, but at the time, it was mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, man, that's cool. Yeah, um, just characters. We should probably talk about some of the playable characters. We talked about them a little bit. Yeah, who's yeah. Your, who's your favorite? I've, I mean, I would say Yo-Yo probably was my favorite. No, I actually I liked, I liked his hood. I liked his glasses. Yo-Yo's like my but, one of the worst. Uh, it's Corn. It's I believe, is my favorite. Yeah, my second favorite. Corn has the beanie and the... He's my logo tab, on... Tab, Tab. Oh, that's Tab. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Tab. I so I get I get some of the names confused. Tab, yeah, Tab's up there for me. I mean, yeah. he looks like classic like Dickies workwear, you know. Yeah, he's wearing just like a um, like a workman's jumper. He looks like he's like a Beastie Boys, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, looks like a Beastie Boy. And he was always act too cool for school. Mm -hmm. I think his big attribute was he could carry the most cans. I think was what he was good at. Yeah, he was so, slow and and floaty. <laughs> yeah, I always like beat, but uh, once he got Graham, you know, when he talks about Graham, but Graham was like this like fly man ninja. When I say fly, I oh, mean yeah, legit yeah. had like fly eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or their glasses that looked like fly eyeballs. And he yeah. was like a, I don't know if he's like supposed to be African descent or he was just like wearing like a, a black skin suit or something. But yeah, he was just like all like blacked out and then had like these, these fly eyes. And I don't know, he was, he was a good best dancer. He was just like an urban ninja or something. And yeah. Something about his design I really liked. So. 
Yeah, I, you all talk about Graham. I liked Graham. I mean, I love the fir- the main characters too. I mean, they're so iconic. Like um, Gum, Gum, Gum and Beat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just their designs are so colorful and, and great. Like their t-shirts, their glasses, the you know the dress that she's wearing. You know, like I mean, everything is is such a snapshot of like Japan in the early early to mid to mid to late nineties. You know, like. Um, yeah, I mean, but the, all the designs are pretty good. Um, you can unlock the dog at some point. Yeah, I've never. Me being the crazy fan I am, I've never gone that I, far. I haven't either. I've, I, and you can unlock the rival gangs as well. Yeah, you can and that's them. hard too. Yeah, who's your favorite rival gang? Uh, I mean, the Love Shockers are pretty cool. I yeah. like their design a lot. Um, I think I was too close-minded, then I thought, uh, I don't know. Yeah, they're all girls, right? They're all punk rock girls, yeah. and they have they wear like um, they have patch eyes patch and, eyes. and, like and the yeah. noise tanks. There's like a cat robots or yeah, and the noise tanks were were cool too. Poison Jam's a wackest yeah, the three. Yeah, they they were like monsters. Yeah, Kai- like we like Kaiji though, but I guess just the designs are a bit. They look like der- gr- Grimace from McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> that's why a bit. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I would say, though, you know, when it comes to gameplay, though, like, the skating is the place where this game... I mean, I know little, that's what you do. A little janky. But it is janky, and um, I could see how, like, people wouldn't be turned off by the game just from the difficulty curve, yeah. and usually... If a game is difficult, but you know what you did wrong, like I can accept it. But this game does have some control issues, and yeah, there'll be times where you're trying to jump up, like you're like, oh, I see, I need to graph that that you know that billboard, and you got a wall ride to the top, and you've tried it a million times, and you just your time is running out, and you're like, I'm. I have two more minutes, and I know I'll never get the rest of the stage. The last third of the game will make you pull your hair out. Yeah, I um, I was just so in love with the visuals and stuff. I never even really realized it was a hard game. I think yeah. I was just like lost in playing the game. Yeah, as a kid, I remember going to the mall. It's a game if you know what you're doing, you can beat it in like two to three hours if you just go through it. And I, I did that at the mall. I was at, I was like a smaller EB Games, you know, uh, Funkoland. Do you know Funkoland? Yeah, I yeah, know I know Funkoland. Yeah, is that a Funkoland? Yeah. And I just stood up, you know, see, just stand up, and I, I beat the whole thing there. And like the owner of the shop was like just watching. And he's like, "No one was." Yeah. I think I said like, "Oh yeah, it's crazy, this game yeah, pretty fast," you know. And he's like, "How long you got?" I was like, "I think I can do it in, like three hours." And then yeah, I did it and had a little crowd of three, you know, three or four people watching and stuff. But I mean, that must have been like muscle memory and I yeah, played like, that game so much. Yeah. But yeah, the final record, you're on a turntable. To the final record, yeah, for the boss, final, yeah, the yeah, final yeah. boss. You're on a yeah. turn turntable going in the reverse, and you gotta like spiral up to the top. This is really for the game having such a great soundtrack. The final song is like so whack. Oh, it's like man. some slow motion, yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, it's just, yeah, and it, and it was a frustrating stage. Yeah. The stage before it, too, where you're grinding on like the um, the like lights. Like the line, it's like ro- rows of lights. I, is it New, New York? York? It's supposed to be is Times that, Square. The yeah, Times Square that, one? Yeah, that one's yeah. really a pain in the butt. Yeah, so uh, yeah, those, those are pretty tough. I, um, I think the, the New York stages, I'm glad they in, in, added them, but yeah. those, so those are the most the unbalanced, like hardest stages. 
And then there's a, a stage where you're going through the sewers and you have to chase somebody down. Yeah, and, it's a boss fight. That's a tough yeah. one. Yeah. And that one, man, I remember getting stuck on that stage so many times. Boss fights yeah. are all pretty tough, to be honest. You gotta yeah. spray their backs. Yeah. Anytime yeah. you had to go up against like the rival gangs and yeah. you have to spray their, their backs, you have to learn their patterns. You have to grind so perfectly to catch up to them because they're have, fast. Have enough graffiti. You're constantly running out yeah. of cans. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's those are tough. But so I think the game could have used like a. I don't know how Jet Set Future the the sequel is. I've heard good things about it, so maybe they balance that I think a little my bit. Memory of the gameplay is actually better yeah. on that one, but yeah, it's just less. Uh, it's weird. Mm, I don't know the style and stuff of it isn't as, as cool for me. Yeah, it's got their palette went a little more gray. gray yeah, 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 and I think that the more yellow brightness of yeah. the um, original game. We're not really giving it a fair chance to be honest because none of us had the system. So we're Sega, I love to play it. Yeah, you yeah. put it on Switch and I'm buying it day one. Yeah. You put it on Jet Set Radio any, on any Switch Microsoft, I'm buying it. Not yeah. Microsoft system we'll buy it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think there's a Game I Boy Advance say. game. There so is. yeah, I, I want to talk about the other games yeah. and some of the um, some of the uh, the things that have come like the legacy of Jet Set. Sure. So I think you know the Game Boy Advance game is one of them. There's the sequel, Jet Set Future. Um, I hear the Game Boy Advance game is good too. It's by the guys that made the Game Boy Advanced uh, Tony Hawk games. Mm-hmm. And it even has some of the songs from the actual games, except they're on loop. It's like a minute loop of uh, each of the songs. And then... Um, I totally forgot they made a Game Boy version. Yeah. Uh, and then... Beat has shown up in some other games like Sonic Racers Ooh, yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, a few other things. Like they've, they've, there was a graffiti related something recently, and and Beat was one of the graffitis that you could do. So some of the characters have showed up on okay. in other Sega games. I know and there's bootleg shirts out there. There's bootleg. I don't know if they're official toys. Like it's a really awesome toy. It's 150 bucks. Yeah, like yeah. A, like a vinyl toy. Have you seen those? Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. seen them a couple of I don't times. Know if yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, I mean, people want more of Jet Set Radio in it. You know, Shinmu coming out and kick funding, kickstarting and stuff, crowdfunding. It does seem like it's possible. I, I, I'm it's not 20 years, up. okay? Yeah. I've noticed that, like, a lot of, like, music and stuff is starting to finally come back, you know, from, like, stuff we grew up with from 20 years ago, right? When we were in our 20s. That's true, yeah. And, um... <clears throat> I think that now is the time. If, if Sega was to do it, now would be the time to do it. Um, if Microsoft has, you know, comes out with like a new one, you know, that's gonna be like that might game change it for me. Like I, of course, I need a PlayStation, but would I buy an Xbox if they came out with like another Jet Set? This might be the only game that would make me do it. I couldn't do it, it until it was, I couldn't buy five hundred dollars system for it, but yeah. maybe it went down to like three hundred bucks. I could do it. Yeah. I mean, it would. It would. There would have to be. They have to look amazing. Yeah, yeah. But, like, this is one of those games that's that important, you know, to me, sure, right? Sure, sure. Um, Sega still does come out with some merchandise and stuff, but th- I remember during the Wii era, a uh, Canadian co- game company went to them with the proposal to make an, a new one mm-hmm. with, like, motion controls. Mm-hmm. And I saw some of the designs of that, and it was okay. Like, the designs looked pretty good. They went a little overboard, I think, with some of the designs, like, updating the characters. But, um, but... I wouldn't mind seeing like a reinvention of the the, the whole game. I, yeah, I, yeah. I always find it ironic myself that I do want a reboot, and yet there is a game that's probably going to be better than the reboot that's out there that I could probably put down 
a hundred dollars, you get a, some old ex- form of Xbox and play it. You know, yeah, the future. You know, oh, Jet Set yeah, Future. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's kind of that's going to be better than any new game that they make. Maybe I I don't know. Like I mean, with it captures from the time and it's not trying to like redo something. I'm saying it's possible to make a new game that's better, but the chances of that happening are slow. I don't know. Sega, if you want some ideas, I have ideas. You know, I mean, I think that there there is a way to make it more compelling and and update it for modern times. Mm-hmm. And you know, there could be a character named Dab. You know, and he all he does is you know the TikTok poses and stuff. You know, I, I mean, hey, I'm available. <laughs> get, get at that. Sega, I live in Japan. You know. Yeah. Well, anyway, at the end, we usually kind of talk about how, you know, the game captures some spirit of Japan or anything, but I think yeah. we kind of really hit on that in the first half pretty, yeah. pretty clearly, right? I think we did. Um, I think if you've never played this game before and you love Japan, I think it's worth checking out. At least go on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, if you're a gamer, for sure, you should be checking out this game if you yeah. haven't. You're insane Ho- if you haven't. Hopefully, backwards compatibility is more of a thing, you know, going to the next generation of consoles and... Uh, you know, the Switch has been great about getting things like Katamari Damacy, which for me is kind of a spiritual successor to this game yeah, in, yeah, in a lot of ways. Sure. So um, go back to the Katamari episode we did. Um, great music in that. Big Beat inspired music as well. Um, yeah. Um, just at radio, man. It's great. Yeah. Our friendship got stronger. We've bonded over that's, it. That's right. I don't know anyone else who's into it, so it's yeah. cool to talk with you about it. I, I remember I lost. You had the button. You gave me oh, one yeah, of the yeah, yeah. Jet Set Radio buttons, and then uh, it fell down. It was like the logo, and I had it on my shoe. Well, we went to a club, and I I, I gave you one. I had my own version. Yeah. Mine fell off. Yeah. I was sad. I told Matt about it. And then, like, 20 minutes later, we departed on the subway, and I got a picture from Matt of his shoe, the bottom of his shoe, and my pin was in there. Yeah. And then I, uh, he got it back, and now it looks very um, vintage. It's been rubbed <laughs> yeah. around a bit on the ground. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, the pin actually snapped off, so I just kind of like, keep it over my shelf. Yeah. It's not a function. I mean, my pin is never, like, I put away, like, a bunch of my pins because I don't have a jacket for my pins anymore. Okay, okay. But that pin is still sitting on my desk because, yeah, I mean, it's just... just such an important game. And that's for me. from there's a website is where I ordered it from, and they have a radio. It's called Jet Set Radio Radio Dot Live or something like that. Yeah, just Google like, that guy's been doing it for years. Yeah, Google like Jet Set Radio Radio Player, and it's like this really cool streaming radio player, and there's like a little chat room for other lovers of Jet Set Radio. There's also this guy named Two Mellow. It's the the number two, and then Mellow M E L O W I think, and he has an album called Memories of Tokyo To, and it's on vinyl, and it's you know it's the vinyl treatment that we all want for jet set radio but songs that are inspired by jet set radio so not, nothing official but he does a really good job he's got a lot of fans out there i'm surprised actually only people are into it yeah he's got a little cult following um in the community so yeah i mean the, it's the reason why we don't get a sequel is i think there's a hardcore fan base but it's small you know there's like probably ten thousand of us out there I think the vinyl would sell. Uh, I think the issues of copy, oh, yeah, co- copyright. Yeah, is no problem. They, they can't do it. Well, I think if they get rid of all the um, yeah. all the licensed music and it's just all Even of the, if they just did some of the original music, I think fans would be happy. Yeah, I'd buy it. Yeah, yeah. no question. <laughs> Sega, listening. <laughs> yeah. I hope you're listening. So anyway, um, yeah, yeah, the music of the show is obviously going to be various Jesse Radio songs. Probably yeah. a lot that we already talked about. Probably so. all of them. <laughs> so enjoy those and uh, yeah. 
you like Chess Set Radio, let us know what you think about it. If you have any ideas for a sequel, are there any gripes you had with the game, what do you love about the game? Like I said, there's a lot of other podcasts out there that talk about this game. I think I've listened to three or four, but they all kind of are a little negative on the game in some way, or like, they say, oh, this is kind of cool, but then they spend 80% of their time kind of like with horror stories of the controls or something. Yeah. They're more kind of game specific. So I think we really did this game justice for why it was so awesome and why it has a cult fan base and uh, how it can really uh, show certain sides of Japan. Yeah. I think uh, I think uh, you guys should send us your fan art too because there's a lot of good Jet draw, Set Radio draw fan Matt, art. Yeah. Matt and David as Jet Set Radio characters. Oh, please. definitely. Yeah. I love that. You don't know what we look like probably so you have to just envision yeah. our voices. Imagine what we look like yeah. as Jet Set car- characters. And yeah. yeah, we'll put it on our Instagram. Definitely. So, all right. Thanks for listening, guys. Yep. See ya. Peace. Look at the...